Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast, your go-to listening for everything travel. Here are your Travel Pulse hosts, Eric Bowman and Dan Callahan. Hey there, podcast listeners. Eric Bowman here, executive editor for TravelPulse.com, joined for the second to last time now with co-host Dan the Man Callahan. Dan, how are you doing on this Travel Tuesday, January 19th? I am good, and it seems like the cat is now out of the bag. Um, for everybody uh, wondering out there, Eric, you were going to mention, what is today's national day, first off? That can lead right into this conversation. <laughs> it's National Popcorn Day, so get your popcorn ready because we got big news. The big news is that this is the second to last episode that Dan Callahan will be on. Uh, and from now on, I'm just referring to myself in the third person, by the way. But this is going to be my my second to last. I'll be on this week and next week. Um, I was presented with a offer to uh, go work full-time in marketing. Uh, Dan, the digital man, is leaving the travel industry and going into the comedy business. Uh, that's why I've been doing stand-up for a while. And I'm one of my, my comedy manager owns a club out in PA and uh, I'm going to be doing the full marketing for there. I and mean, it's been the one comedy club in the country that has really been running through this entire pandemic since the summertime. Um, and there's limited to no action going on in this area other than this club. And that's where major headliners and the biggest names ever have been coming to. So it's been working out really well and they need all hands on deck. And I've been doing some stuff on the side, but now to really grow and, uh, you know, move past this whole thing, they're going to need somebody full time. And I was given an offer I couldn't refuse. And that's the business of always wanted to be in so long story short that's what i'm going to be doing um so it was a great uh what is it maybe total time in the travel industry for me uh, close to four years um it'd be four years in april i believe so um and only maybe a little over a year co-hosting this podcast but uh what a ride it has been and uh you know just the, the timing worked out to where i couldn't you know turn down an offer i didn't know when i'd be able to get something like that in that industry i've always wanted to be in again so definitely had to strike while the iron was hot um but yeah yeah so we'll uh we'll be uh, eric what's the plans for the show moving forward i mean number one i think everybody is going to be uh, love to hear that the um, the audio differences aren't going to be as vast as I'm going to ship this down to Georgia, this uh, podcasting equipment I have here, and Eric's going to be using it, becoming through loud and clear. And uh, what's the guest situation going to be like? Yeah, so it'll just be me as the host moving forward. Uh, Dan, I wish you all the uh, best of luck there in the comedy world. I know that's what your your heart is set on. So yeah, we'll we'll dive more into that. You know, goodbye stuff next week on your final episode. But um, yeah, the future of the show. It's it, we're still gonna have a lot of fun here. We're still gonna talk about what's trending and give you know expert expert tips and advice for the travel industry and and what's going on in the world of travel as far as guests and everything. It'll just be me as the host, and I'm gonna bring on travel advisors. So if you're a travel advisor listening and you want to be on the show podcast at travelpulse.com reach out and uh, let me know why you think you would be a good addition to kind of join the show and talk about what's trending in the world of travel so we'll we'll go heavily on travel advisors and uh, have some suppliers here and there uh through throughout the uh, the future of the podcast and that's kind of where we'll, we'll roll with it so with that you know let's oh, go 
Oh, ahead, I, was, I was just going to say that I think that would be good with, uh, you know, switching up a different advisor that probably specializes in different niches or different types of uh, travel every single week. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Eric said, send over, you know, I guess a little bit about about yourself and what you do and what you'd be able to, you know, talk about. I'm sure the topics would be changing as the news comes up every single week, as we've been doing for the last year. So, um, you know, quite a lot of opportunities to talk to different tons of different advisors that do tons of different things. So I think that sounds good. Yes. And jumping into what is trending in the world of travel, we've got some bad news, some sad news, um, and some weird news that we'll close it out with later on in the show. You're not going to want to miss that. Some crazy news out of Chicago. But starting first, we have big news that came out last night and into today and this morning is Trump is going to lift the COVID-19 travel restrictions on Europe, the United Kingdom, and Brazil. Uh, But that will be very short-lived as President-elect Biden, who takes over office on Wednesday, will uh, plan to block that. So that's you know, one extra step there, one final addition, excuse me, in the legacy of President Trump's travel impact. I mean, yeah, he can lift this, Biden can block it, but all that is is allowing people to come in to the U.S. or not, and I guess not allowing now with, with Biden deciding to block that. So we can't go to Europe until Europe lets us in. So that's as Americans. So it doesn't really matter too much there other than that it is just really interesting piece of news back and forth between the president and the president elect. So uh, President Trump's travel impact. We don't talk too much politics on here, but it is inauguration week. So Biden will be taking over. So we want to touch a little bit on President Trump's travel impact now uh, before we dive too deep into the new CDC travel requirements and how that impacted the travel industry this past week. But with Trump, you know, he started off his administration and their decision to ban travel from mostly Muslim countries, which was a bit controversial at the time. Uh, And it is expected that Biden will overturn that. Uh, There was also the Cuban travel policy as well, which effectively ended cruises to Cuba. It's likely Biden will reverse that too. So, you know, fingers crossed that cruises to Cuba can return in the future or, you know, once cruises can actually happen. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go on a Cuban cruise. Um, a few years ago. So I sincerely hope that everyone is able to experience that. It was a great time, great travel experience. So if that does return, I, and you're a diehard cruise fan, you should, and you've never been, you should definitely put that on your travel list, wish, uh, wish list. Uh, and of course, you know, Trump's legacy of the travel industry will no doubt center mostly around how things were handled throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, from shutting down travel to China, then to Europe and eventually land border closures that are still going on with Canada and Mexico, as well as the cares act that provided relief aid packages to airlines and set up loan options for struggling businesses, many of which uh, travel advisors and their small businesses have been able to apply for and some have gotten some have not so that's pretty much trump's travel impact legacy what what biden's impact will be on the travel industry i know we'll we'll cover it as it you know makes sense for us as a website but uh, what do you think biden's travel impact will be podcast at travelpulse.com let us know your thoughts yeah, definitely. A lot of uh, things could possibly be overturned or flip-flopped or changed around. Obviously, you can say, you know, one way or the other about, you know, banning travel to and from certain countries, whether it was related to the COVID-19 pandemic from China and Europe and all that stuff and, um, you know, everything else that was, you know, banned and whether those are going to get lifted, the impact of that. Um, obviously, see what happens here. Uh, obviously, they're starting to roll out what are going to be the first things in the uh, uh, Biden's pre- presidency. Some of the first things are going to be doing within the first month. So uh, definitely be keeping everybody up to date on that on Travel Pulse there and send us over your your thoughts. Um, and I guess along those lines as well, there is new CDC travel requirements that came out and a lot of different advisors and suppliers have reacted pretty quickly to this. I've seen things on either side of the aisle. Eric, what have you seen as reactions to these pieces been? Yeah. So as soon as that news came out, it was like, 
I don't know, maybe an hour or so after Dan and I recorded last week's episode and it just like stuff hit the fan, man. Like panic mode was set in for so many advisors. There were those mixed reviews. I reached out to a bunch of advisors, uh, offered some kind of quick thoughts on, on it that night. Uh, mixed reviews. Some see the need for more testing. Others feared this will prevent people from traveling. Uh, people had flashbacks to March of last year and all the cancellations. Um, Beth, who we, the travel advisor we interviewed a few weeks ago, she uh, feared that this would be March 2020 2.0. Um, thankfully, you know, a number of all-inclusive resorts stepped up to offer on-site testing options with uh, multiple places actually offering free testing too. You can check out the full list of all-inclusive resorts um, offering test on-site testing over on travelpulse.com. I think, you know, the Mex- Mexico and the Caribbean are predominantly where many Americans are doing their international travel right now. So that's what this new CDC travel requirement that launches on January 26th. Um, you have to provide a negative COVID test if you're going to enter into the U.S. Why this didn't happen at all in 2020, I don't know. Uh, it's, it was a, quite the short window of time for everyone to react, but you know, kudos to the all-inclusive resorts for stepping it up there. I do want to give a shout-out to Palace and LeBlanc Spa Resorts. Uh, they are offering free testing on site like a number of um, resorts are, but should you test positive, they will cover the cost of quarantine for up to 14 days uh, for up to two guests there. So no cost to you if you... Uh, get positive while you're down there. You know, that's, um, that's going to ease the fears of travelers here because nobody wants to get stuck and have to quarantine in a place. I think that's what a lot of people are concerned about as far as this new rule and having to test in place and, and all that. So, yeah. And it, luckily that that's something good that palace and LeBlanc were offering. Um, every, it seems like every resort has their own thing, but once a couple of them started offering free testing or, um, I guess all playa is offering free antigen antigen testing and discounted PCR testing. I think both are accepted by the airlines to get back into the U.S., even though there's a a very vast difference in accuracy between those two tests. Um, So definitely, like you said, though, I I think that's something that a lot of travelers would have fear of. Um, I know people are going to be traveling soon and now internationally, and now they're like, oh, wait a second. If there's a possibility that I'm going to get a false positive, I could be stuck there. And, you know, luckily places like that have uh, their covering costs. I know others aren't covering any additional costs. And I think that's definitely what's driving some fear through people. Um, however, I did see former guests from the podcast, Ryan Donchez, uh, provide an interesting take on it. Like, you know, it uh, seems kind of hypocritical that international they're doing that. However, you can fly to a lot of places that probably have higher infection rates and uh, worse problems going on uh, certain states than international destinations, but you don't need a test from those. Um, you don't need to provide a negative test on those um, to fly domestically. So definitely a, a difference there and an interesting point that he brought up. Um, what else do you think? Exactly. On that? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's totally hypocritical. I mean, you, you can fly to Florida, New York, Vegas, wherever in the U S right now, and you don't have to provide a negative test upon your return back or anything like that. I mean, if you go to the, obviously some destinations are requiring you to take a test before you arrive to their state, but when you go home or when you travel back or whatever, you, you don't have to. So, you know, perhaps the CDC should focus a little bit on stopping the spread here in the U.S. instead of being so concerned with international travel right now. It's just, yeah, I found that quite hypocritical. And the fact that they gave such a short window of time of like, hey, here's this notice, uh, deal with it. You know, it was like, why didn't this happen at all in 2020? It, it was, uh, yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. No, I, I completely agree there. I mean, um, it, it would definitely be a different animal for them to tackle domestically. Um, 
but if the if the airlines would get involved with the different state requirements because a lot of the state requirements are kind of relying on you to be truthful and for you to do any you know advised quarantine measures and if they try and got the airlines involved with doing that i think there would be an uproar from a lot of people about um you know what they would be doing there but yeah it's definitely a, a big difference in implementing those things but hopefully you know if all you have to do is take that test and people are you know all for it and they're staying in a resort that's covering them or helping them out hopefully that doesn't stifle travel more than it has been however i can see both sides of the argument here especially on the advisors that are saying it could definitely um, turn things right back around to as difficult as it was in the beginning of this pandemic because that's just an extra thing that they have to you know build the confidence up in the travelers and i think that's what all this stuff really comes down to is the confidence to travel and some airlines have said that they want to vaccinate their entire uh, flight crews or all their employees and that that could help as well Um, obviously it's different than the, the passenger side of things but i think it's just all about building up that confidence and with something like that hanging out there it's definitely limiting the ability to do that. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen a lot of pushback too from some tourism boards or other countries on this uh, to the, against the CDC on that. So that I did find that interesting. Um, you know, that it is only a week old from this news. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. What what I did also find interesting over in airlines, you mentioned those a little bit. American Airlines introduced a health passport for international travelers. This will be done via the Verify app and available for travelers arriving in the U.S. starting January 23rd, 2021. So that's that's awesome. You already have an airline jumping out in front on that. I expect to see the others follow suit. Um, in March, um, we should have the IATA travel pass is expected to debut. Uh, that was announced last week too. Uh, some travelers say they're just not going to get the vaccine at all. So I'm curious if you're listening right now, your traveler, travel advisor, uh, what's your take on that? Do you plan to get the vaccine when it comes out so you can travel, whether whether it is required or not of a destination? Uh, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let us know your thoughts there. Yeah, that and if something like that is uh, becoming a part of your qualification process for clients. I know we were talking a few months ago or weeks ago at this point point of uh, um, different new questions that advisors have to start asking their clients, uh, especially related to COVID-19, is one of those questions soon going to become um, questions about vaccination, whether they have one, they plan to get one before they travel, this or that. Is that going to, you know, factor into the whole booking process and qualifying them as a client of yours? Uh, I know some people are going to feel one way or the other about it. A lot of people are probably going to be, you know, either side of it, they would make it work. Um, I've seen things from all different areas. So yeah, any thoughts on that? Definitely reach out to us to be interested to hear uh, how things are moving in that realm. Yeah, and moving along with what else is trending in the world of travel. Briefly, touch on cruise news. We had a more of in-depth show last week on cruise of when we can cruise again. It was announced that Royal Caribbean is canceling through the end of April, and now we just had this morning, Norwegian brands have canceled through the end of April, so they, they followed uh, Royal Caribbean on that, and um, we won't be cruising until May at the earliest, which is a bummer. Uh, so the reason for this continued pushback we found out is that um, cruise lines are waiting on the CDC guidelines to get these required test voyages out in the water. So you can, you know, put your frust- frustration if you're already upset about the CDC new air travel stuff. You know, that's that's what's uh, dragging their feet, so to speak, I guess, on this whole test voyages because cruises have to get out and and do these test voyages first, and then it's like I think 60 days from that test voyage until they can actually go. Uh, have passenger cruises and start making sales again. So, so and, what's and just you know, what's the CDC go. guideline that they're they're waiting on? Do they have to approve guidelines for these test voyages or? Um I mean, something government related. I'm not, I'm not surprised that it's delayed. I think we've seen that a lot. But what is exactly like, are they waiting on? Is it just, uh, you know, waiting on these guidelines to be approved for those? 
They're just waiting on additional guidelines. It's the Carnival Corp CEO, Arnold Donald, said on the fourth quarter uh, 2020 earnings call last week that it's a work in progress. Additional guidelines for future phases have not been issued by the CDC. So to give you a specific timing on the test cruises, we would need additional guidance from the CDC. So that's where they're at right now in cruising. Another big piece of cruise news that came out this morning, too, is Royal Caribbean has uh, sold the Azamara brand and their ships for like $201 million. So the Royal Caribbean making some extra cash there to kind of continue on and survive out of this while they wait to have a full passenger sailing cruises there. So one other thing that we've brought up as we move on from cruises here is just general destinations that could be good to travel to or look to travel to post pandemic. Um, and two out of the, the list here of five I see is uh, we've covered all the top 10 on travel polls, by the way, but the top two being Puerto Rico and Mexico, of course, they're up there. Um, Puerto Rico, you don't need a passport to have actually looked in to Puerto Rico travel uh, recently. Then Mexico as well. I think Mexico um, throughout this entire thing and from reports we've gotten back from agents that have been on the ground, they're doing things very well there. Um, then rounding out the list of three, four, and five, you got the Maldives, Japan, and Jamaica. So what do you make of that list, Eric? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all with Puerto Rico and Mexico being at the top. I was a little surprised that the Maldives there is number three. This is just based on a few research and new survey done um, on the top 10 destinations Americans want to travel to post-pandemic. Um, Japan being up there, I think, is a lot of interest around the Olympics, and it kind of remains to be seen what's going to happen there. And some people think it might get outright canceled again. Hopefully not. I think the world really needs you know some some normalcy there, and Summer Olympics would be great to have this year. And then Jamaica is just it's a beautiful place. So I, I, I would love there. I'm fingers crossed that I'll be going to Jamaica uh, the first week of February. So it's in initial stages right now to, uh, to go visit Sandals and, and check out the Sandals South Coast new rooms there. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I might be doing a live uh, podcast from Jamaica. We'll, uh, depends on the dates. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, what about you, listener? Where do you want to go? Let us know. Podcast at TravelPulse.com. We're talking, you know, when all restrictions the world is lifted the world is fully open back up where do you want to go i would like to hear that and podcast if, at travelpulse.com i think my theory here for the maldives being on there is just bucket list travel i think if anything yeah this thing has taught a lot of people that love traveling is um a lot of bucket list or places they've always wanted to go i think it made them realize like oh we might not have forever to be able to go places depending on how certain things come up especially if you're older in age and a lot of people are just like i want to get that one bucket list place i've always wanted to go just i want to go there as soon as i'm able to and i think that might be the reason that's propped up on there people and i think the maldives is for americans probably anybody that um knows different places around the world look up looks up bucket list places that's got to always be in the top three or top five at least yeah, very good point there, Dan. So, again, let us know where you would like to go. Um, Dan, would, would you like to go to Chicago? Well, one naughty passenger didn't want to leave Chicago. This is a wild story. Um, the man lived in the Chicago airport for three months before he got caught. He was uh, scared of traveling back home to California because of the coronavirus. So this guy just stayed at the airport. He was obtained and arrested this past weekend, but he had been there since October. My first thought on this was, how in the world does this happen? So, but then we get into the details of the story here and come to find out that he had used a badge that was reported stolen by United Airlines operation manager on October 26th. Like, like what? <laughs> the O'Hare International Airport security? Just, just wow, man. Like what a fail there. The, the Chicago Department of Aviation did release a statement at part of it and said that this man posed no security risk at the airport or to the traveling public. He was a gentle soul, I believe was a quote I, I read too on this and which 
well, okay, whatever. Like your security team still pretty failed there. Like, come on. I mean, did he go days without eating too? Cause like airport food is super expensive. Even the fast food option prices are higher than normal. So I'd love to know how much this guy spent on food over the course of three months. Like what a wild story. Oh no. Now see if he had a badge that was a United Airlines operation manager badge, he was probably just getting into the break room and stealing, you know, Sherry's lunch out of the refrigerator. <laughs> I mean, people were just, their lunches went missing for, for long periods of time. And now that they finally caught the guy that's been doing it um i mean i'm props to him from me i mean that's that's a serious i mean you know <laughs> he didn't pose any right. any threat it didn't nobody got hurt during this thing you know maybe he just you know lived off an airport for three months or whatever but you know i mean if you act like you belong in a lot of places i see videos online every year after the super bowl of somebody that just acted like they were you know a part of the security team and they just wandered into the super bowl i mean the the amount of just uh, the balls that it takes to do that i mean just props to him i mean uh, what an amazing feat <laughs> yeah pretty impressive you know i i think that was uh astounding the the, the three months was the like the the big shocker to me because like i don't know how long that happened so I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on that a lot of people probably uh, have an airport in mind that they think they, they could live in uh singapore airport i would love to it's one of the best in the world i, I could live there for three months and you know assuming i had an unlimited budget of uh, food to spend for, for food but uh or if i had you know a, a badge that i could just go you know like you said dan he probably was stealing some lunch money there or yeah. lunch, uh, lunch food there Definitely. so interesting interesting stuff hey before we close out the show today i got one other story that wasn't in the outline here i'm going to run by you and our listeners uh, as always there's a little easter egg for everybody that makes it to the end of these episodes um so here's this week's easter egg story for you guys flight attendant claims you should never drink these beverages on an airplane and this comes from a uh, flight attendant that was on tiktok that got two million views on a video of uh, it was a flight attendant that's popular on tiktok cat uh, kamalani i believe that's how you pronounce it 1.9 million views on a TikTok telling people don't ever, ever, ever consume these products from an airplane. And she went through a number of them. I'm just going to bring up a quote here. She said, rule number one, never consume any liquid that is not in a can or bottle. The reason being because those water tanks are never cleaned and they're disgusting. <laughs> she said, talk to a flight attendant. We rarely drink the coffee or tea. They came in the same water tank. So when you're drinking coffee or tea, it sometimes comes from that hot water and it's disgusting. So Eric, where do you stand on this? Do you really, do they got to come in a bottle or a can or, I mean, I like having a coffee on a, uh, on an airplane, but you know, I've always tasted it a little bit different. Maybe, maybe that's the extra kick to it. What do you think? Yeah, I've heard this a number of times before over the past is don't don't drink the coffee, don't trust the water and the pot that it came from and everything on, on I, I can I can see how that would be a thing for a lot of people. I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't ever phase me. I do. Uh, I'll get a Coke on, on the plane, maybe a Sprite. But uh, yeah, I would stick to the canned stuff, too. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, I, I could see that too. And it actually got a lot of uh, criticize, uh, a lot of criticism over these things. Uh, one person said, it sounds like you should just clean since uh, like a lot, <laughs> since you guys don't clean anything ever, apparently. Um, because I've always heard stories, not even just about drinking stuff, anything bathroom related. And I think airplanes are probably cleaner now more than ever. But there's been multiple things that come out that say, oh, these things are dirty and this thing's clean. So one person's criticism is well, like, it doesn't sound like you guys really clean anything. So, um, but, and then another person said, I've been a flight attendant for 23 years. Our airline routinely flushes and cleans the tanks. I don't drink coffee, but most of my coworkers do. So this could very well be just one person that seems to be popular on social media that did something that might have been a little exaggerated or something that she's just personally seen. So, you know, um, I might stop drinking the coffee and boiling hot water yeah, myself. Yeah, maybe... Uh 
grab yourself a hit, hit a coffee shop before, you know, before you get on the plane. Um, maybe when you, when you walk onto the plane, look around there, you can kind of see what the flight attendants little area, you know, check that out. If you see that they have a little Starbucks cup or Dunkin' Donuts, then I would advise you not to trust the coffee on board there if they're not even drinking it there. So that's one thing to look out for. Well, that was our Easter egg for the week, and that was our episode. So thank you again for everybody who's uh, been listening and has listened since we took this over. I have one more episode left to do here. So um, send all, all of your congratulations and well wishes to me. please. I just wanted to flood the podcast inbox. Just let it rain all over me. Um, I'm obviously very, being very facetious here. Um, it, it's been great, and what a ride. But this is this week's episode. We got one more with me on here next week before Dictator Bowman takes over, and he's going to rule over whoa, this whoa, whoa. dictator what the- he's going to rule over this empire with a with a uh um i don't even know the word to call it but you can fill <laughs> that anything, in i'm an emperor can we call me king all right, emperor? All right i take offense to dictator so you can you can call me king king bowman what's up all right <laughs> yeah well we'll figure out a word for that like, like, flows off the tongue nicely with bowman it's gonna have to begin with a b we'll, we'll figure something out here but uh we'll announce that next week but thank you again for listening give us any thoughts reviews comments questions concerns over at podcast at goodbye